Something that I've been thinking about a lot is how I can make what I share with y'all on the Anna Krusik podcast into something much more actionable, like a thing or two that you could literally drag and drop and use in your classroom right now. Something that highlights a process, gives a concrete example, and illustrates exactly the type of processing I use in my music classroom. Well, today, this is the beginning of what I think could be the solution to all of that. You're listening to the Anna Krusik podcast, episode 106, the very first Anacrusic in Action episode. Maleski and I've helped music teachers just like you get more intentional in their classrooms through my trainings, curriculum, and tips shared on this podcast. The truth is, teaching music is hard. You have a bunch of kids to teach and not a lot of free time to figure out how. Feeling overwhelmed and frustrated is totally normal. But here's the good news. It only takes a few simple steps to flip the script. And although it may be simple, it's definitely not easy unless you have the right toolkit. So let's start tuning and transforming your music teacher life right now. The actionable steps you need to find the purpose, follow a sequence, and choose joy are right here. This is the Anna Krusik Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to just take a hot minute and make sure that you've, number one, checked out the brand new Anna Krusik website and that you've snagged your copy of The Planning Playbook, which is my brand new guide for teaching anything and everything in the music classroom. This guide gives you a complete outline for how I teach all the concepts in my classroom, all while promoting student engagement and independent musicianship. This isn't a prescribed method or something that you can only do in a face-to-face classroom, but instead it's a flexible framework that allows you to be the best teacher musician in any scenario you might find yourself teaching music to children. To snag your free step-by-step guide, complete with examples, head to anacrusic.com slash the planning playbook. Again, that's anacrusic.com slash the planning playbook, or just click the link in the show notes. So what exactly does anacrusic in action mean? Well, if you listened to the last episode, episode 105, you know that I shared five tips for working with an intentional sequence for older beginners. I shared some big ideas for you to consider and interpret how they could work for you in your specific teaching situation. And today on this first in action episode, I'm going to walk you through an example of exactly what those five steps would look like in my classroom. But before I dive into that, let me share a little bit about why I think it's important to share these two different but related segments with you on two different days of the week. Monday's episode, while I did share a couple of general examples, was much more about the philosophy or theory behind how I approach older beginners. My hope is that you've already had a chance to listen to that episode and think about it throughout the last couple of days. And now today, Thursday, I'm going to quickly walk through what these steps would look like in my classroom vividly and in color. So the goal of these Anacrusic in Action episodes, because I have a feeling there just might be more to come, is to give you a quick hit to try out in your classroom today or tomorrow to gain a glimpse at how you can alter your teaching process using some of these ideas. So let's give this a whirl, because as I mentioned previously, I'm all about trying some new things in Anacrusic land right now and switching things up. And let's go ahead and hop into this first in action episode. 
To start off, let's briefly recap what we talked about last week. And here's your cue right now that if you haven't listened to episode 105, now would be a really good time to pause this episode and go and listen so you have all the context you need for today's ideas. We'll focus on the five tips today that I shared for older beginners and walk through an example to truly see them in action. So the five tips were, number one, meet them where they are on your curriculum roadmap. Two, start with songs, games, and activities that are age-appropriate and that they will care about. Three, use layers to focus on foundational concepts. Four, use as many different modes of active music making as possible. And five, which we know is always a tip inside of the world of anacrusic, is to choose joy each and every day in your classroom and with and for your students. So for today's purposes, let's think about third grade. Pretend that I'm starting at a brand new campus and my third graders have never had a true music class where they're active participants and actively make musical decisions and create on a regular basis. When I look at my overall sequence, the first bundle of rhythmic and melodic concepts are syncopa and the extended pentatone. So things beyond do, re, mi, so, la, and into lo, la, lo, so, and high do. If my students have never, first of all, engaged meaningfully with any activities that allow for the aural, visual, and kinesthetic exploration of those concepts, and two, haven't learned how to identify, read, or write those concepts, then they have almost certainly not been asked to create with those concepts, at least in a meaningful way that I would prefer for them to within the context of the learning sequence framework. And not only have they not had those experiences within the conceptual framework of those concepts alone, but they like likely haven't done any of the meaningful work with concepts that come before in the curricular sequence. Whew, that was like a huge mouthful. So what do we do? Well, we find a way to meet them where they are. Have they had experiences with steady beat versus rhythm? Can they identify different basic rhythm durations like ta and tt and rest? Can they sing in tune and match pitch? Well, if the answer to all of those is yes, then there is something there. Will I be able to move through the learning sequence framework at the pace I would normally plan for? Well, no, because although there is some foundational knowledge there, these students are also not familiar with the process by which I teach concepts with exploration, discovery, and extension, which is the learning sequence framework. So back up here. How do we reinforce these foundational concepts that my third graders may have had experience with, like that steady beat, that rhythm, matching pitch, all of that good stuff, while also moving the needle a bit closer to where they quote unquote need to be for their grade level? Well, the magic happens through repertoire selection. Because while we need to meet students where they are on the curricular sequence, we also need to include songs, games, and activities that they're going to be drawn to and that they're going to care about. And as a slight but very important aside, finding as many rich pieces of repertoire that represent a variety of cultures and backgrounds is an essential component to any music curriculum and something that I'm working toward consistently in my own teaching practice. But for the purposes of today's podcast, let's stick with a folk song that I'm pretty sure most of you might be familiar with, which is Alabama Gal. So just to get the tune and the rhythm and all of that good stuff in your brain, here's how I sing the first verse of Alabama Gal. Come through in a hurry, come through in a hurry, come through in a hurry, Alabama Gal. Now, why is this song a good example? 
Why is it a good piece of repertoire for third graders who are older beginners? Well, it includes many third grade concepts that although we are not going to focus on right now in terms of the learning sequence framework and reading and writing and identifying, I do want my students to have the opportunity to experience authentically so we can pull from these experiences later on. So Alabama Gal is just a lot of fun. Like the folk dance that goes along with it is one of the first Lonway set dances that I do with my students. Also, the melody is repetitive enough, and I just sang the first verse for you, but all the other verses are exactly the same. So the melody is repetitive enough that students get it after just a couple of listens, and it repeats over and over again with the game. It's just a good repetitious example. And remember, repetition is a very good thing. It allows our students to really own a song, to have an aural image of the music that we can draw upon later in our learning sequence framework. But how do we take a song that is full of syncopas and the extended pentatone and make it something that focuses on foundational concepts that those older beginners need more exposure to and practice with? Well, we add layers. And the opportunities for this is literally only limited by your imagination. So a simple example of what this might look like is adding an ostinato of come through, don't slow down, come through, don't slow down. This is a very simple, repetitive, two-measure example that repeats throughout the entire song and can therefore serve as an extractable pattern for your older beginners. So just because you're using Alabama Gal as the song for your lesson, you don't have to focus on the syncopas and the extended pentatone. You can use the layering piece as the meat of your behavioral objective for any given lesson. My third graders who are older beginners aren't ready to read, identify, and write syncopa, let alone create with it, until they've had the opportunity to do the same and successfully with all of the rhythms that come before in my sequence. And so by focusing on this layer and allowing them to identify it and then use it as an inspiration piece for different modes of active music making or to create with it, I have moved them through the LSF, the learning sequence framework, with those foundational concepts all while giving them experiences with repertoire we'll use for those concepts later on. And since I already mentioned it, let's talk briefly about active music making and this really, really simple ostinato, come through, don't slow down. This could be a speech ostinato. It could just stay with speech. It could also be a drum pattern. It could also be a body percussion pattern. It could also turn into a do, so, do, so, do, sun ostinato or put on barred instruments, which again is something that could reinforce earlier concepts that we need before we extend the pentatone using the song Alabama Gal or another one. So you can see there are so many different directions adding a simple layer can take you and it's truly simple only quarter notes and a quarter rest come through don't slow down but having that simple example allows students to try and create with it and feel successful and then of course is the hope that they could create their own speech ostinato maybe using an additional rhythm like eighth notes and add a layer of active music making of their own choice to go along with it I mean I'm envisioning some big time cooperative learning groups here but they could also come up with just different body percussion patterns or different unpitched percussion ways to play that come through, don't slow down. Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's uninteresting and that it isn't a creative opportunity. 
So that's really it, friends. Think back. I went through those five tips, or you could even think of them as steps, with my fictitious beginning third graders. I thought about where they were on the curriculum roadmap and met them there. They need more practice with quarter notes and eighth notes. Then I thought about rep that is age appropriate with a game that would connect with them and added a layer that would accomplish my curricular goal. Then I considered ways to add different modes of active music making and things we could try to reinforce those concepts from different aural, visual, and kinesthetic angles. Then, after a quick discovery moment where we can reinforce what they can identify, read, and write, I can encourage them to create their own layer, something that will not only increase their self-efficacy, but bring ownership and joy into the music classroom. Well, that's it for today, guys. I hope this first Anacrusic in Action episode was helpful and gave you some ideas for things that you can do in your own classroom. If you want to know more about the learning sequence framework and the phases I mentioned throughout today's episode, like exploration, discovery, and extension, be sure to head to anacrusic.com slash planning playbook or click the link in the show notes. Until next time, guys. Thanks for spending this little pocket of your day with me. I know music teachers are super strapped for time, so be sure to check out all the resources on anacoustic.com for today's episode. Don't forget to click subscribe wherever you're listening to today's podcast so you don't miss an episode of TAP. That way, you'll be notified each and every week when a new episode is live. And if you want even more tips and tricks delivered to your inbox, like a little love note from me to you, make sure you sign up for the Anacoustic newsletter and you'll be the first to know all the things. Also, if you are feeling today's episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd love you forever if you take a hot minute and leave a review. See you next time.